So is waiting for marriage the key to a good sexual relationship? Well, not exactly. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the myths and some of the toxic teaching in the church that is actually making fulfillment and sexual intimacy in marriage even more difficult. And I'm referencing the book, The Great Sex Rescue by Sheila Gregori. She has a number of myths in this book. This is the fourth episode that I've done covering the content of this book. I'll link it in the description if you want to check out that book. But let's go ahead and jump into myth number one. That is the idea that men can't control themselves. And you've probably heard this before. Maybe you have even perpetuated that. It's the idea that men are incapable of sexual integrity. Men can't be expected not to look. If a wife doesn't meet her husband's sexual needs, he's going to give into pornography or he's going to have an affair, all those sorts of things. We hear a number of different avenues of teaching like this, but one of the impacts of it is that it tells young women in relationships, in Christian dating relationships, moving on toward marriage, that they need to be the breaks, that they need to be the boundaries when it comes to their physical behavior and their sexual behavior. And I thought it was interesting reading this chapter in the book because my advice to young men as I work with college students for years at when it comes to their dating relationships has been don't make your girlfriend be the one who enforces your boundaries. I challenge them that I want them to lead. I want them to, with the communicating with their girlfriend, come up with the boundaries that they want to have in their dating relationship and that they need to be the one that's really enforcing those. And one of the things that she points out in, in the book here is if a woman feels as if she has to be the breaks, that she has to be the boundaries when it comes to sex, then she, when they're, when they're married, won't necessarily be able to just turn that switch off once they get married. This can make enjoying sex in marriage for you know, uh, Christian women very difficult. And I think that makes sense because you've associated sex, you've associated arousal with guilt and shame and something that you need to do uh, that you need to stop doing and at any cost and that's not a message that we want our young women to be growing up with and i would say the challenge here is to push to men to say you need to lead you can control yourself integrity is possible god has given us everything we need to not fall into temptation so the challenge here is for men to step up and take ownership of loving their girlfriends loving their wives well training and raising our sons in a way that we're challenging them to live in integrity but then she brings up another myth and i want to hear your comments let me know in the comments section what do you think about this quote right here she says quote evangelical culture primes women to repress their sexuality but then turns around and chastises them when they are married for doing that very thing, end quote. And so what she's saying here is that women feel the pressure in dating relationships to be the breaks, but then when it eventually leads to women struggling to connect physically, uh, intimately with their husband in marriage, they then are blamed for that as well. And I think this is true, and that is certainly not some teaching that we want to have in the church. But one of the things she points out here is that what we believe about sex matters. The things that we believe to be true about sexual intimacy will impact our ability to enjoy that. Beliefs matter, and so there's a challenge here for all of us to understand what we believe about sex, to root out toxic messaging that we find ourselves believing. She says, many women struggle to enjoy sex in marriage marriage because, quote, often that's due to messages she's internalized about sex. She's obligated to give her husband sex when he wants it, or she's a bad wife. If she doesn't have sex, he'll be tempted to watch porn or have an affair. He won't feel love if she doesn't have sex with him, so she can't expect him to talk to her if she isn't also giving him sex. End quote. Now, there's a takeaway here, I think, for married couples. One is that you have got to communicate about this issue. Be communicating and try to find out, are some of these toxic messages prevalent in your marriage that are preventing you from experience, experiencing good intimacy? Does a wife feel 
if she doesn't do A, then her husband will do B. And so I think my challenge for husbands, my message to husbands, this is something that I want to live out is my wife is never at fault for my sexual sin. Now, certainly in marriage, we can participate in one another's sin. I could tempt my wife to sin. She could tempt me to, you know, she could reject me, which may make me more likely to sin, but she is not responsible for my sin. I have got to take ownership before the Lord for any of the things that I sin and struggle with. So husbands, the reality here would be, don't put pressure on your wife to keep you free from sin. That's between you and the Lord. And yes, as husband and wife, we can come alongside one another to serve one another, to pray for one another, to desire that we would do everything that we can to keep our spouse free from temptation. And we do want a thriving sexual relationship, but it's not because without that, we're just gonna go and sin willy-nilly. But one of the things that this points out as well when it comes to sexual sin is that the beauty of the gospel is that God in Christ has forgiven us for our sins, for the ways that we've struggled. Maybe in your marriage, there's some sexual sin that needs to be dealt with. Maybe you need to communicate that as communicate about that as husband and wife. You can take that to, to the cross. You can bring that to Christ. Maybe there's some baggage in your life from before you got, mar you got married, or maybe you're not married yet. And this, this issue of sexuality is extremely difficult. The beauty of the gospel is that we have an invitation to take all of our burdens to Christ, to lay them down at his feet. And that is where we find redemption. That is where we find freedom and healing. I love how Jesus responded to the woman at the well in John chapter four. She was the one who had had so many husbands and was now living with a man who was not her husband. But Jesus doesn't shame and guilt her for having so many husbands. Rather, he says this to her in verse 10. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. You know, when it comes to some of these toxic messages that we hear in the church on the issue of sexuality, the beauty is that our Heavenly Father is offering us living water. In the midst of all the difficulty, all the stress, all the pain on this issue of sexuality, we can go to the Father to find that living water. You don't need to go to your spouse to find that living water. They don't have it. We need to go to Christ. Well, let me know what you think about that in the comments section. What other myths on sexuality do you see prevalent in our teaching today? And in the next episode, we're going to talk about the idea of how men cannot control themselves. They can't keep their eyes from wandering. And some of the toxic messaging that is out there in men's struggling with visual stimulation like pornography. Subscribe if you want to be sure to catch that episode. This is Jason for Soulfire, and I will catch you in the next one.